Johnny Cage, Kano, Luke Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanuse, Mutsdow, Shao Kanpo, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quanshi, Shinnok, Serena, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Go, Drumming, Foss, Tenkenshi, Lee, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tron, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, very special guest, good friend of mine, writer-director Eric Appel. Eric, welcome to the show. What's up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I feel like we've uh, talked about doing this for literally years, and now we are. We have, because I uh, have a Mortal Kombat uh, 2 cabinet in my office. You do. Your office, which has like the funniest sign. I don't know if you want to talk about your your office's sign out front, because I don't know if you want people to find your office um, <laughs> and hunt you like human prey. But what is the sign outside the security your system? Here? I mean, it's I have an incredible security system. Uh, yeah. There's guard dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it says this is where our office is. Yeah, um, it is a sign. I used to share the space with screenwriter Blaze Hemingway and um, we it's like a storefront that we rent and we were like, wow, we can have a sign. What should our sign say? I don't know. Something very dumb. Like this is where our office is. I I've seen it Instagrammed many times by uh, various people. It's, it's fun. Any influencers? Uh, TJ Miller. (laughs) Okay, cool. That's a really cool poll. Great. (laughs) Um, I recall that I found out that was your office because I said, Hey, I'm, uh, at this park at this like IATSE rally. I'm across from a, a building that says, this is where our office is. And you said, that's my office and I'm inside. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> um, oh, somebody did, somebody tweeted it at Lord and Miller at one point and was like, I feel like this should be where your, uh, your office is guys. And then I responded, this is actually where my offices and i was sharing it with johnny pemberton at the time and phil lord's like yeah this this checks out it does it does there's there's a reason that you fit into that uh comedy dna family it makes sense yeah 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 yes so so as you said eric you have a mortal kombat 2 cabinet in your office uh how often do you play it i know you're currently working on a, a motion picture right now entitled weird that is a biopic yes. about uh, Weird Al Yankovic, yes, who is yes, arguably the greatest musician of all time. Um, there's no argument. No argument there. Yeah, it'll be proven by the film, <laughs> I assume. It, 100%, yeah. So that's keeping um, you busy and you're working on that at the office, but how often do you just say, fuck this movie, and then get up and start uh, playing with Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet? Um, very rarely. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it. I mean, you I don't, don't have to be worried that Weird Al's listening. He's not. 
So you can be honest. <laughs> um, I very rarely play it. You know, I had, I used to have a Mortal Kombat 1 cabinet as well. Um, and, uh, and I sold it. Um, and it is now, it was living at the College Humor offices for a little bit. Did you sell um, it to College Humor, the corporation? I, no, I sold it to someone who sold it to them, I think. Did you sell it to Jake who sold it to Amir? <laughs> sold it to, to college humor i, I can't remember a uh, guy wet weston weston green maybe the name of the fellow that i sold it to he used to work i'm assuming you misspoke but you said wet weston and i would love if that wet was weston. his like nickname his name's wet weston a really damp guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i uh so i sold it to him um maybe maybe i sold it to him or maybe he maybe college humor sold it to him Weston, I will if tell you're listening, you this. let us know yes and let us I, know if you're dry and I'm, I apologize for not like being 100% clear on what your last name is either, uh, Weston. It's fine. So I, you clearly I, had a I, transactional I, relationship. <laughs> I uh, I sold him that, and I and I sold them my NBA Jam. Uh, I had a four player, you know, NBA Jam cabinet. Yeah. And I found out years later, it, it traveled the country. My old NBA Jam is in the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn. <laughs> what? Wow. I don't know how it, I don't know how it made it over there, but um, where but did yeah, you get a, your NBA Jam from? I got it from a place called Vintage Arcade Superstore on um, San Fernando in uh, 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 Los Feliz, or, or wow, on the border of Los Feliz and Burbank. Um, yeah, yeah. How it's a, it's attainable a, a are like, old arcade cabinets? Because I think in my mind, I still have like my like seven year old perspective, where I'm like, they cost one million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I well, I'll tell you, Mortal Kombat one, I bought for one hundred dollars. Holy shit! Off Craigslist. Uh huh. Um, I bought it from uh, the Pasadena Boys and Girls Club, who someone had donated it to, and they were like, "This game's too violent. We're gonna sell it on Craigslist." Wow. <laughs> And I got it for $100. I just had to rent a U-Haul and go pick it up. That's um, fucking incredible. Okay. Yeah. Um, NBA Jam was my first arcade game that I bought. when I, I, had, I started renting a house that had a garage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, I could buy art. I found out that I could buy arcade games. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to fill this garage with arcade games. Um, because I didn't have uh, children yet. Right. And, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I... Um, I bought NBA Jam for nine hundred dollars. That's um, and yeah, it, not bad. Still, and it's from a place arguably, that, like, fix, if you're a billionaire, yeah. yeah. They they <laughs> they fix up uh, Vintage Arcade Superstore fixes up old um, used arcade cabinets. Mm-hmm. Then I found out where they get them from, oh. and I started going right to the source. Cut out the middleman. Which isn't there's the an dunk. auction. <laughs> there's an auction <laughs> in Anaheim. Uh, called uh, there's a place called Captain's Auction Warehouse. It happens every five weeks, and there are hundreds of arcade games that get auctioned off. Oh my god! I see your I see your eyes lighting. Yeah, up. can we go? Um, Will you take me to the next yeah, one? Can we go? Yeah, I'll do, we'll totally go. Okay. There are so so <laughs> every time they have so on day it's a it's usually a two day auction. On day one they do pinball machines, which which pinball machines are expensive. Sure. The cheapest pinball machine talking goes $200? for about $1,000. Oh, that's more. Like okay. 1000 for the cheapest for like an old, maybe not working pinball like Not machine. even Creature from the Black Lagoon, like not even one of the good ones. Creature from the Black Lagoon would go for probably $4,000. Um, that's a lot brand of new, Brand new pinball machines are like 
about 1200 bucks Yeesh. with like the LCD screens and everything. Um, so, uh, uh, but then on day two, they do like all the shitty games that are like they got from random pizza places and closed down arcades around the country and games that are a little more beat up and that aren't going to generate revenue for bars. That's the thing. Uh, You're going to spend a lot of money on like a dance dance revolution or like trophy hunting or, you know, big buck hunter or something like that. But Mortal Kombat, no one's putting quarters in Mortal Kombat. They're not going to make their money. So those sell for like a couple hundred bucks probably. All right. Well, unless they're like nice and restored and they're coming from someone's like private collection. Do you think I could fit um, one in my minivan? The back row goes oh, down. Maybe. Okay. It depends on what can- I had like a mini cabinet that like an eight and one. It was like a wood paneled. Mm. Uh, it looked like it was from a pizza place uh, in the eighties or something. It had, you know, eight I want different games on it. I really want my goal when we go to Anaheim for captain's auction is to get a Mortal Kombat four cabinet with the live action Quan Chi on the side. That's, that's my, oh. that's my uh, white whale. Yeah. That's nice. My, you know, I'll tell you my, the, my Mortal Kombat one was like a converted cabinet. I think mm. it did not like have Johnny Cage. It, it didn't have Liu Kang or Johnny Cage on the side. I can't remember who's on the side of Mortal Kombat one, but um was it off brand yeah, did it have it, like one of the clay fighter guys or like <laughs> yeah it had killer instinct on oh, it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was um uh no i i can't remember what it looked but it was a, it was kind of a piece of piece of junk um i mean the game played but my mortal Kombat 2 i had to drive that was like the one game i re- there were three games that i really wanted my three favorite arcade games from from uh childhood count them down uh, were more mortal Kombat 2 uh, Dragon's Lair 2. Oh, yep. Huge for me too. Yeah. Yes. Time Warp, yeah. Yeah. And uh and Popeye, the Nintendo character. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I found a Mortal Kombat 2 and a Popeye game. Each one was under five hundred dollars. Um, both being sold out of guys' garages in San Bernardino. So I rented a U-Haul and drove. That's to San exactly Bernardino. where I would expect to buy a cabinet from someone's garage. <laughs> well, the guy, the Mortal Kombat 2 guy, I think he fixes them up because in his garage, he had a killer instinct in there. He had two Mortal Kombat 2s. Um, and it's in like pretty good shape. I think he he cleaned it up and like did a good job. And I, you know, you open the back and there's a little placard inside the back that tells you what the original cabinet was. Like oh, my wow. NBA Jam, my NBA Jam wasn't an original NBA Jam. It was a Showtime. Oh. Um, yeah. And uh, But my Mortal Kombat 2 is an OG Mortal Kombat 2 uh, from the 90s. That's um, tight. Yeah, yeah. So you go hard. But it's a game I was obsessed with when I was a kid. Like yeah. Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 were like my jam when I, was a, when I was a young fella. Did you go past MK2? Have you played games beyond MK2 um, in the franchise? I played MK3 in the arcade, but not as much as I played the played mk2 Mm. i kind of like that that happened to me the same thing happened to me with marvel versus capcom like i was a huge marvel versus capcom head they had it like on the floor of like the animation department in my college and we would just like get out of class and just play marvel versus capcom like over and over and over and over and over again until the next class started um then marvel versus capcom 2 came out and i was like too many characters. I don't like this. And that's sort of like Objectively how I wrong, felt. Much better game. I, I know. It's very, no, it's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> and, and now I play like, I'm all into Smash Brothers, that which, you know, has like 800,000 characters. And I buy the DLC and everything. Yeah. Um, 
But when Mortal Kombat 3 came out, I don't know. Something rubbed me. I was like, robots? I don't know about this. Oh, wow. Cyrax wasn't like, I was. yeah, for some reason, I just like wasn't, uh, I, I like wasn't that into it. I ended up getting it on Super Nintendo as well. And like I did, I played it a bunch, but just, I just wasn't as into it as I was with the first ones. And especially like Mortal Kombat 1 came out when I was in seventh grade and it was, pre-internet unless you had you know uh, i don't know unless you were al gore yeah 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 unless you were al gore um it truly was a series of tubes then um (laughs) but uh but like there was no there was so much mystery surrounding this game like it showed up in aladdin's castle at the uh johnson city mall (laughs) one day (laughs) and my friends and i watched some dude playing it who like knew what he was doing and he did fatalities and he wouldn't tell anyone how he was doing them and he was like this is an adult man i assume uh like a guy in his 20s i think yeah yeah um and we just like sat there and watched this guy play and then we played and got our asses kicked and and just like the ripping heads off. And to me, it was like such realistic violence at the time. I was like, this is, this looks real. This I remember telling my mom. This is what it would look mom, like, yeah, if I did this oh in real life. Oh my God, <laughs> this is crazy. It's like people probably throw up, you know, the people that have weak stomachs probably barf when they see stuff like this in this video game. <laughs> Looking at these graphics now, it's hilarious. But, um, But yeah, there was so much like you couldn't, you know, figuring out what fatalities were like you couldn't go read that anywhere yeah when that first game came out it was just there was so and you my had to friends call and ed just, boone or john tobias on the phone and ask them to tell you yeah <laughs> and it was so and and this arcade by my house um uh when mortal kombat 2 came out i lived uh, we, we had moved and we lived right by this arcade and they used to do lock-ins where you'd like pay 25 dollars and they'd like you know, put all the games on free play and like lock everyone into the, you know, everyone that paid admission could like play the games on free play for like five hours that night until midnight. I like the implication that it, when you said lock in, I was like, they literally locked you in and just left and there were just no employees. It's why they had to lock the doors. They were like, we can't have you just like leave in the door unlocked. So I, in my I mind, mean, I, it was like the, the guy comes back the next like morning and it's like Lord of the flies in there. And it's like, well, I, I mean, I think that's kind of how I thought of it when I was an eighth grader. That's <laughs> how it like, felt, yeah. Mom, they lock us in. You don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> um, but but I remember we were trying to unlock Noob Sabot and like, um, you know, just letting one kid win over and over again because we had like heard a rumor. That if you won like eight like, times as Baraka, you'd like unlock Noob Yeah, you'd unlock, yeah. You had, I think it was like 50 wins in a row. Um 50 wins in a row without using uppercut or something like that. It was like really insane. The idea of kids spending hours doing that only to realize it was completely made up is devastating. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. So I was obsessed with those. And then, and then when it went past those, I kind of fell off. I got back onto the Mortal Kombat uh, games, you know, on like, xbox and and ps4 um i had like i think the last two iterations um i i i yeah i have like the latest one where you're like you could be terminator and like rambo and robocop and stuff like i i 
fought those characters and it's where i became um, canon as one of the people that the terminator murders that's right yeah. that's right yes i saw your name in the list <laughs> um yeah and uh you know but but like i saw i saw the first mortal kombat movie in the theater opening weekend with my friends um uh which we were you know th- disappointed by <laughs> and i uh, uh first and then I, I stand by it and then i saw um you know i saw the latest mortal kombat movie in the theater as well so like i'm still you know um it's a it's it's more of a, a nostalgic thing to me i haven't really followed the lore like you know um playing the new the newer games in story mode i'm like what is happening i'm lost and i have no you're gonna idea find going out on. today this is the I day can't you, wait. i can't you wait learn. yeah okay so it sounds like you kind of started deep in it and then sort of dropped off and then have circled back around which is appropriate yeah it's like a band yeah. it's like it's like oh pearl jam was my favorite band when i was a teenager but like i don't know that i bought the last two pearl jam albums yeah you dropped you know? off until into the wild came out and then you were back on the vetter train and then <laughs> yeah that makes sense exactly yeah that's good. I, I kind of anticipated that that may have been your history with the games, which is why I, I chose Cassie Cage to talk about today, because she is obviously a character that bridges uh, Mortal Kombat's past with Mortal Kombat's um, probably not future anymore, recent present. <laughs> but uh, uh, before, They're making another movie, right? They are. I don't know if she'll yeah. be in there. And they're definitely going to make more games, but uh, well, we'll get to why it's oh, yeah, questionable, yeah, like what's going to happen with her now. Um, but before we do, uh, there's a prompt every season of Mortal Podcast based on a uh, a question that all the characters that season kind of wind up getting asked themselves. And this season, that question is: uh, if you could go back into the past and change anything uh, in your life, what would you change? And so I ask you, Eric. Uh, as Cassie is is at one point asked, if you could go back into your past and change anything, what would you change? Also, I want to say up front, nine eleven's on the table. So, oh, 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 you can change. You can. Oh, so, you so can has, change nine so eleven. So, um, yeah, you just gotta let me know like how you would. But uh, yeah, I have to know how I would change nine eleven. Well, yeah, you can't just say I would change nine eleven. Like you're not. Oh shit! You can't like okay. pull a fucking would, Wahlberg I'm... and be like, I just would. Um, <laughs> you know, I would, uh, start taking care of my body at an earlier age. I'd get, I'd get all like, I would get all, <laughs> do they really? Is that a common answer? I guess I just have a lot of like really unhealthy people on the show, but, uh, well, I, I'll tell you, I got healthy. Like, you know, I, uh, three years ago or four years ago, I got a Peloton bike and I got like, you know, I got, I got the healthiest I'd ever been. And then during COVID I started lifting weights and like, but Wait, I you're have a shredded 40... now. Yeah. <laughs> you look like, Laura. I know. Are you uncomfortable that I'm shirtless by the way? No, it's cool, cool, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's tight. Um, I've never seen an eight pack. But... Before. <laughs> but like, you know, I started lifting weights and I started doing all this, but I'm doing it to a 42 year old body that has like always been like a little chunk town, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't quite have the foundation. It's not like I'm a guy that like was athletic in high school and like, you know, maybe in his early twenties and then fell off and had kids and got a gut. I was like, I had a gut since I was like a fourth grader uh-huh. <laughs> and, Relatable. and yeah. I like couldn't do a sit up, you know, like yeah. I was just, uh, not athletic. And, and that's the thing that I would go back and change. I would, uh, 
you know, I would, I would get in like top physical condition early in my life. So and that when so at least I had around. a good, so when nine eleven rolled around, yeah. I could leap into the sky <laughs> and kick the plane out of the air. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 It's really smart. It's a good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's my nine eleven stoppage story. Yeah. Yeah. I listen, I find it relatable. I also would probably go back in time and get shredded, um, save myself a lot of anxiety, uh, and ultimately, you know, save a lot of lives. Um, Great answer, Eric. Uh, Congrats on the Peloton. I also have one. I don't ride it enough. uh, And hopefully that'll get me on it tonight. This is acknowledging that right now. Probably not. Oh, you got to get on there and and throw me a follow. And anyone listening, three cheese pizza. That's my Peloton. (laughs) You know, I used to have my name as my Peloton name. um, And then I got self-conscious about it because a friend was like, hey, I found you. You you haven't been on the bike very often lately. And I immediately changed it. And then my friend Alana took my name, and that is now her Peloton name. Her name's <laughs> she, Ben Meckler. Her name's Ben Meckler on Peloton, and she she like is a, she's a, like a studio exec. And so now uh, all these people that I might have meetings with or develop TV shows with, hopefully in the future, are always like racing Ben Meckler on Peloton and asking her like, "Who the fuck is Ben Meckler? Why is that your name on Peloton?" That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a great bit. Um, but I will find three cheese pizza. I don't remember yeah, what my Peloton name is because as we established, I don't do it enough. I I yeah. do a lot more. Um, well, I've been taking Kung Fu classes as I think I, I don't know if we've talked about this. Oh, I, I, I believe I knew that you were, but yeah. I don't know that we've talked about it. I've been taking Kung Fu classes. I have, uh, I, I'm on the staff now. I'm pretty good at spinning a, a uh, staff around. I don't Whoa. look cool, and last night I split my pants at Kung Fu class. No. <laughs> and my really? yes. And my wife's first question when I got in was, uh, "Was it at the end of class?" And I said, "No, it was immediately." Oh. <laughs> and did you stay? Did you just like? Yes, I have my Kung Fu class in a in a public park. Okay. Um, so well, that means there were no other pants accessible at that time. Oh, right, right, right. And uh, yeah. the the one saving grace, I will say it wasn't because, um, it wasn't just because I have a dump truck ass. It was because <laughs> I, uh, I was doing something very cool. I basically did a half split while slamming a staff down. And I am a very tall gentleman who also is built like... Uh, I, I got dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Um, so I, the pants gave way. They also were like oh. not pretty. They they were like the standard like issue kung fu pants, which means they were really thin, like not very good quality. But uh, it was really early in class, and I was like, listen, I'm the only person in class who's like I I'm kind of new to class, so I I'm already kind of off to the side doing my own thing right now once oh we, no, but then so, you were off to the side crying. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much. It. I just started weeping. Um, and drying my tears with my staff. No, I was oh, like, God. listen, I'm just going to finish class. Uh, and just, you know, I'm already on my own anyway. So I just did the whole class with a just enormous gaping hole uh, in the ass and crotch of my pants. And, uh, uh, and uh, you I think just that Kung Fu pants would, would be more durable. Like, what what are they doing? Yeah. Is that you know, part of it? Is that part just, of the Kung Fu lifestyle? You not, have to be, like, so nimble that, like, you're never going to Maybe. It definitely taught me clothing. to be, like, a lot more careful about how I was flexing because <laughs> they were not stretchy <laughs> material, like, at all. 
Um, but uh, I did I did later that night buy stretchy uh, similar pants that just weren't called kung fu pants from uh, Target. So uh, now yeah, uh, I'll yeah. keep everyone updated on the next episode and whether or not I uh, split those. But I've been doing wow. Kung Fu instead of doing my Peloton, and I've been back on uh, DDP Yoga, which is the yoga program created by Diamond Dallas Page, the pro wrestler from WCW in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s. And uh, wow. it's the best workout I've ever done in my life, actually. I, I stuck with it for a year and a half a while back and got into insane shape and haven't done it since. Wow. But I'm looking forward to falling off the wagon again before I get there again because I have a child <laughs> and a job. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. That's when I, 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 I sort of was off, was off the working out for, you know, I just, I had, I've had a very busy year and I made a movie and then I Mm -hmm. directed a show and now I'm, I'm in pre-production on another thing. And, uh, and yeah, my, my workout regimen has sort of fallen to the wayside, but, um, but I am now in Atlanta filming. I'm away from my family. I'm in prep, and the apartment that they're about to move me into has Peloton bikes. Whoa! So just, in the I apartment actually, already? Uh, in the it, like, there's a it's an apartment building with like a oh, gym okay. that has several Pelotons. So it's a shared shared. Peloton in my bike. mind, this but, is an apartment that like erroneously had multiple Peloton <laughs> bikes, like in a single yeah, residence. Yeah, two Peloton instructors used to share this place. <laughs> and they <moved> <laughs> But uh, yeah, just today, actually, I just uh, uh, actually moments before recording this podcast, I went over to the Nike store and bought their cycling shoes so I could clip into the uh, oh to hell the yeah when I when I moved to the uh, to the apartment tomorrow. I yeah. did not know that that was an option, and I shouldn't have known because I love buying sneakers, and uh, now I'm gonna buy a pair of uh, biking shoes I don't need from Nike so I can use them on my Peloton. Yeah, you have to buy the little things separately you know the oh okay you got to get the peloton yeah, but it has the holes okay. on the bottom yeah it has like the holes on the bottom you, you know can it's screw them in get... okay yeah all right yeah. they're a little cooler than the peloton shoes you know they got that swoosh are you a shoe guy does that um i i like shoes mm-hmm. uh but i'm not i wouldn't necessarily call myself a shoe guy okay i inherited for free a pair of balenciaga sneakers last weekend wow uh yeah those are like they cost like uh, I don't know, eight or nine Mortal Kombat two cabinets each. Um, <laughs> and per each uh, shoe. yeah, per shoe. Um, you're like, I got this one Balenciaga shoe, man. The other one's on layaway. I'm going to have it in a year. I have a friend who models who is the same shoe size as me. And she had gotten them for like a shoot and decided they were too heavy. And was like, I don't want them. Do you want them? And I just, I got free <laughs> Balenciagas, which I would never in my life purchase. <laughs> Um, put them behind glass or something. I thought about it. Literally the second I bought it, I brought them home. My toddler was like jamming her feet in there and just like stumbling around the house and like kicking them through windows and stuff. Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, spitting in the face of, of the Balenciaga corporation uh, and brand. But um, Mm. should I, I'm going to be joining you in, in Atlanta. So should I bring them to set? Do you think people will think I'm cool if I wear them? I mean, it's a Kevin Hart project, you know, I'm, I'm sure. He's, yeah. Will he? Will Someone he? Uh, will he think I'm cool if I wear Balenciagas on set? Will he let me pick um, him up? Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say, yeah. Great. Well, looking forward to uh, seeing you there in my Balenciagas. So, <laughs> getting into Cassie Cage. Um, 
so you you've played the recent game, so I don't have to necessarily walk you through the basics, the idea of the new timeline. Are you aware of like what's up with this timeline where Cassie exists, or did you miss the? Did you actually play the game where it. the new timeline was created? The like I think reboot. So. Okay, briefly. I'm not going to run you through the whole rigmarole. I know you've listened to the show before. I know everyone listening to this has listened to the show before. I'm not going to run you through the whole rigmarole with the dawn of time and the elder gods and the one being. But Cassie exists in a timeline that's separate from the timeline that you know from Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. So that th- that series continued in one timeline until Mortal Kombat Armageddon, which came out around 2005, 2006, 7. I can't remember. Somewhere in there. Um, and that was the last like Xbox GameCube era game, um, more or less. There was a DC thing, but don't, don't worry about it. So uh, I may have that 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 that's like the one I missed. I think so. In that in that game, time basically like ended, continuity like ended, and then they rebooted the series in 2011. Um, but they rebooted it in a way where everything that happened before had still happened. So it picked back up where Armageddon ended. Raiden uh, was going to lose the final fight against Shao Kahn. And to stop that from happening, he sends a message back in time to his younger self. That is, he must win. Very vague. Not very helpful. So all of a sudden, this new timeline starts from the first game where Raiden's trying to interpret that message. (coughs) Sorry, I'm getting over cold. Not COVID. That's okay. I tested about 800 times. Out of anxiety. Um, I don't want so, COVID blowing through from your microphone through mine. I'm transmitting COVID cross country via the internet. <laughs> um, so, uh, Raiden sends this message back in time, starts making decisions differently from how he had in the original timeline. Events go differently. The main thing to know is uh, Shao Kahn was defeated, but in the process of doing so, uh, all of Earthrealm's heroes died. So basically the entire cast of most of the Mortal Kombat games that you had played up to that point, um, with the exception of Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade. So Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade, and Raiden were like the only Earthrealm people who had survived uh, the war against Shao Kahn. How, did they, sur- how did they survive it? If, I mean, they just... Kind of like luck. Um, okay. Liu Lu- Kang probably would have made the cut except that he had like a personal freak out uh and he and raiden got into a fight in which raiden like kind of murdered him Oof. semi-inadvertently yeah wow man you kill these you know you kill the characters so much when you're playing the game but when they really die it hurts it cuts deep deep. (laughs) yeah so so this is the world that that Cassie Cage is born into. Uh, Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade are the surviving heroes of Earthrealm who helped Raiden defeat Shao Kahn, but they lost all their friends along the way. So, Cassie Cage is born, the daughter of a movie star and a soldier. Um, she's told her whole life about the fact that there were other dimensions, about the Mortal Kombat tournament, that her parents survived, about the war against Shao Kahn, about the dimension called Outworld, um, and about the war that they fought against Shinnok, which is another thing that happened before Cassie was born. Um, Shinnok, this fallen elder god uh, who had helped create reality, tried to enslave people, got cursed to the Netherrealm. They fought a war against him. He was using the puppeteered bodies of all their friends who had died in the war against Shao Kahn. Um, they ultimately won. They sealed Shinnok in an amulet. 
the amulet was being oh, yeah, protected yeah. by Earthrealm. Yeah. yeah. And uh and and that's when Johnny and, and Sonya really got together. And so Cassie was born shortly after that, that war against Shinnok. Um so she's like, Yeah, my parents have fought multiple dimensions. I know about all this stuff. Pretty crazy. Now also, what is the domestic life of these people? Like they're raising this child. What happens like between, I mean, I don't know if in her story there's some childhood stuff or like, do we meet her as an adult? We kind of, uh, we kind of catch her as like a young adult. My question is like, is there ever a point in, in her life? D- does this stuff let up? You know, yeah. did Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade like just kind of chill for a decade and like yes, actually. raise their toddler? She did. She, really? So she, okay. so she grows up in like relative peace. So she's, after the Shinnok thing, there are no like major disasters up to a certain point. So she, she grows up. Her best friend is Jackie Briggs, the daughter of Jackson Briggs, who was Sonia's partner. Um, And unfortunately early in Cassie's life, her parents split up because Johnny was like, I'm going to kind of retire. I'm not going to really be doing movie star stuff anymore. I want to take care of my kid. I'm excited to have a family. I love Sonia. Sonia being a soldier uh, who lost her father at a young age was like, Mm, I know that there are other dimensions. I've been through so much suffering. I've seen so many threats. She got like really dedicated to work basically. And so she wasn't showing up for her family because she was spending so much time trying to figure out how to protect her family. Um, And so ultimately she and Johnny broke up over that. And Cassie spent most of her time raised in Beverly Hills by her dad in relative peace. So she was kind of like any child of a movie star that you've ever known um, with the exception of, she also knew that our realm could be destroyed by a threat from another dimension, but she never actually witnessed that. So like, think about, you know, growing she's up, like the child in a Sophia Coppola movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, she's Elle Fanning from somewhere. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, if you think about it, like when you're a kid, your parents talk about like all these crazy, horrible things that have happened in the past, but you don't really have like a fear or an attitude about it because it's, you've never witnessed it. Right. It's only been, stories your your parents can't help you understand the severity of like a war that you didn't live to see right and and uh, and just another question about the the what does what do other people on earth on in the earth realm mm-hmm. it, do they know of this or is this no. like only the people that are involved like only sonia and johnny cage you know whatever got got blipped over to like uh One, you know, the, the realms where this fighting happens i guess i guess you'd have to assume People must know now because at the end of Mortal Kombat three, like everyone on Earth's souls were being sucked into the sky. <laughs> Dragons were yeah, flying yeah. through the city, fighting helicopters. <laughs> and then it happened again. Like when Johnny and Sonya fought against Shinnok's forces in like in the city, like during that war, they were fucking fighting demons in the middle of like New York and teleporting right, ninjas right. and revenants. So Wow. I, okay. I would so imagine like unless, history books. Yeah, unless there's a crazy cover story that like the US government concocted, which is possible, I would imagine most people know we are not alone. There's right, a multiverse right. and the other realms could invade and harm us at any time. But it's like the way that my kids would think about 9-11. Yeah. Where they're like, like they're, eh, my dad could have stopped it, but he didn't get shredded enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah, where it's just this this it's almost like it didn't happen yeah. for them. <laughs> like yeah. It's a story, but it's, and it's not so present reality. in my mind. Yeah. yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she, she grows up kind of like her dad, right? Like kind of cocky and, and she learns how to fight and she's tough, but it's just not real to her. Um, and so she and Jackie are best buds. They grow up. She's a troublemaker. And then one night she and Jackie sneak into a fight club uh, only to learn uh, once they get there and Cassie goes up to like fight on the stage that it's actually like a fight to the death club. And there are people oh, there shit. from other dimensions. And so she went, how up, old is she at this point? She's high school. She's gotta be. Yeah, she probably is because I think they say like, this is a 21 and up fight club and she's oh. not 21. <laughs> and she's like, Relax, she got a fake Jackie. ID. We're not going to get caught. <laughs> You had to get a get a fake ID to go fight to the death with someone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, one other thing worth mentioning too is um, you know how Johnny Cage has always had that like green magic that he does when he does like his shadow kick. Yeah, it is established in this continuity, and I guess it's always been true, but he only learns in this continuity that it is a Mediterranean war cult magic he inherited from his I guess Mediterranean ancestors. And it is specifically a magic that was developed to give someone the power to kill a god. So that's how Johnny was able to stop uh, Shinnok the first time around. And it is okay. a power that Cassie has in her, but has not ever seen or used at this point. Got it. Wow. Mediterranean wow. war cult magic. Yeah. Wow. And his parents had this. I guess I guess so. Presumably. Sandra and... and Mark Cage had <laughs> war cult magic. Yeah. Mark Cage, the real estate agent. I mean, I guess they both wouldn't have. Probably one of his parents, I guess, had to have. Right, 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 right. Wow. wow. Unless he's the product of incest, which, like, I'm not ruling out. They haven't said canonically one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, we don't know much about Johnny Cage's parents. Yeah, we don't know if they were cousins or even brother and sister. So for argument's sake, let's just say they are. Yeah, yeah. For argument's sake, let's say that uh, he's the product of an incestuous relationship. And so that's why both that's of his the parents only, yeah, yeah, had yeah. access to, to war cult magic. Um, that's right. So, uh, so suddenly Cassie is fighting a cryomancer, this woman named Frost, um, in a, an arena. And because Cassie is smart and cunning and great at improvisation because of her dad, she manages to win the fight, um, but she refuses to fight Frost. Or sorry, to kill Frost. Uh, Cassie's just not going to like murder somebody. She's a fucking, I don't know, 19-year-old. Um, so it seems like things are getting pretty tense, like maybe the club's going to have her like executed. Uh, is Frost good or bad? Eh, bad, pretty okay. much, yeah. She's always been like, uh, you know, you never know where she's going to go, but usually bad is the answer. She's bad. Okay. And how does Frost feel about not being killed here? Is it like... Yeah, that's a good question. She's pretty selfish. She was probably hyped about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's probably like, oh, cool. Um, <laughs> I thought maybe the attitude would be like, oh, you loser. Like you're supposed to, there's you're supposed to kill me. Yeah. There's definitely people in, in the world of mortal Kombat who would have been like, kill me. Slay <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Um, you're but, too weak to kill me. Yeah. I think in this case, Frost is pretty much like, cool. I can keep trying to be like powerful or whatever my deal is. Um, got it. Yeah. Got it. So, uh, they're, they're going to like force her to kill Frost. And then suddenly the roof explodes 
and uh, down drop the Black Dragon, the infamous interdimensional mercenary group fronted by Kano, who, as we know, has a personal history with Cassie's mom, Sonya Blade. Yes. Uh, Kano and the Black Dragon, um, who are actually also led by this guy named Aaron Black, who we'll talk about again in a second, who's like another like interdimensional mercenary guy. Uh, they kidnap Jackie and Cassie, and Cassie, realizing what's going on, uh, takes a picture with her phone of the whole situation and then drops her phone and leaves it there as like a breadcrumb for her mom to find. They get pulled through the portal and they wind up in Outworld. So this is now Cassie's first time going to another dimension and she's going as like a hostage, basically, to be oh, ransomed. Wow, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they meet Kano, mom's old friend, and they're like, oh no, this is bad. That guy for sure like wants to see us dead and wants to torture my mom. Um, but things get even crazier because who should show up but the red dragon who are the, the, they're, they're the organization <laughs> that the black dragon broke off from. They're like the Illuminati. Okay. Basically they like operate behind the scenes and do uh, genetic experiments and stuff. So a little less down to earth than Kano and his who, group. What, what, and what, what do I know any characters that are affiliated with this group? Um, do you know Mavado? Probably not. No. Do you know Do you know Kenshi? Blind Kenshi? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he, he's got business with them, but they, they don't yeah, fucking okay. matter, man. The Red Dragon are... Okay. I don't know what they're doing or why they're there. Um, okay. No one does. So they show up uh, because they want to kidnap Jackie and Cassie and bring them to whoever they're serving. A uh, big fucking brawl breaks out between these two mercenary groups. And Cassie and Jackie are just like, what the fuck is happening? Five minutes ago, we were in a fighting arena. Now we're in a forest in another dimension watching these like two mercenary groups duke it out over us. Um, Cassie and Jackie, to defend themselves, uh, are like trying to run away. Aaron Black, who is with the Black Dragon. So that's all they know about this guy. He looks like a cowboy and he's hanging out with the Black Dragon. He rolls up and says... I'm going to free you. The only way we're getting out of here is together. If you're willing to fight, I'll take you to my boss. He's the current emperor of Outworld, this guy, Kotal Khan. And uh, Cassie, oh, yeah. And, yeah, and Cassie and Jackie are like, I, that's my purse. I don't know you. And they like kick him and like get away from him and uh, grab two machine guns that are lying on the ground and just start fucking gunning down red dragon people. So yeah, now these two... <laughs> These two like nineteen year olds who've who've never like been in actual combat are just fucking forced to go full Rambo. They're like shooting like immortal warriors and ninjas and stuff. See, this is what I love about Mortal Kombat is that it goes from zero to one thousand. Like <laughs> this girl's like just lived her whole life. What you know, it's like in as soon moment. as you get thrown, yeah. yeah, in a moment you're all of a sudden meeting every single character, and it's just like running from set piece to set piece. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's like pretty so, okay, intense because so, yeah. it's like they just shot a bunch of people and they're like, I don't know what's right. happening. Um, but then they like. Mavado, the leader of the Red Dragon, is like the last man standing, and he's like, "Nice job, but I'm gonna take you both down. I'm gonna bring you to my master." And Kotal uh, Khan's his master. That's no, his... Mavado's no, no. master. We don't know yet. We're about to find out. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah, Kotal Khan is the master of Aaron Black, who's working with the Black Dragon, but he's not really with the Black Dragon. And Kano leads the Black Dragon, 
but they've been attacked by the red dragon, which is led by Movado. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's that simple. I got it all down. <laughs> anyway, they, uh, Jackie and Cassie fight Movado together. Jackie grabs Movado, and uh, Cassie grabs one of Movado's swords, and Jackie says, finish him. Uh, so they're just both getting fucking amped now. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, we got him. Jackie, Jackie's like, finish him. And Cassie's like, ah, and slices him, disembowels him, like straight up uh, with his own sword. His guts and blood spill out everywhere. Oh, yeah. That's a big moment, your first, you know, your first fatality. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is that's so funny about this. Like, like these two <laughs> teenage girls are just, like, pulled into another dimension. You're like, what do we do? I don't know. I just start fucking machine gunning, like, horse <laughs> horse people. You're and, like, like, I don't know, but we're good at this. <laughs> oh, that's, well, we're so good. I don't know. I'm terrified. <laughs> just splitting people in half the long way, like, screaming. Um, yeah. So they do all that. Um, but unfortunately, after they take down Movado, the there are still like more surviving members of the Red Dragon who manage to grab them and uh, take them away. They take them to a place called Shang Tsung's Island, which um, is an island that belonged to uh, Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung no longer is alive in this. Uh... He's dead. He's long dead in this. Long dead. In yeah. This part of the story. Yeah. So. Uh, instead, the person who's currently squatting there is uh, this guy named Havoc. And Havoc is a cleric from a place called the Chaos Realm. Yet another realm. Are you okay. familiar with the Chaos Realm? Is the Chaos Realm, is Baraka from the Chaos Realm? No, he's, Baraka's from no. Outworld. The Chaos Realm. Oh, Outworld, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the Chaos I, I Realm know, is, I know uh, vaguely, I've heard the Chaos Realm. Yeah, it's, it's a realm where, uh, up is down, down is up. They worship water because it can hold no form. I guess it's too hot to like make ice there. Um, they have a, and this is canon, a national pastime. Their national sport is called Everybody Run Around. Um, Come on. It has no rules and it doesn't end. That's canon? Everyone just, yeah. Everyone just runs around. You actually get to see it happen in, in the story mode in Mortal Kombat Deception. Is it supposed to be funny? Yeah. Is it? Is this a joke? Okay, this a is a lot of stuff joke. in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, is yeah. supposed to be funny. no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, <laughs> that's insane. Yep, uh, I love it. So uh, yeah, Havoc is there. He's in Outworld, and he says uh, he's interested in the magic that Cassie has in her bloodline. He's interested in that Mediterranean war cult god killing magic, and he wants to access yeah. it. Um, and Cassie's like, I don't really know like what you want, and I don't believe that I have magic. I think it skipped a generation. Um, so Havoc just starts torturing Cassie and Jackie for days. They're just chained up on Shang Tsung's Island, uh, getting violently tortured. Um, and specifically they keep torturing Jackie in front of Cassie and saying like, do you have magic now? And she's like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, pretty messed up. Uh, so things kind of come to a head when, uh, Jackie, who's been like totally broken at this point, gets stabbed with a kami dogu dagger which is a special cursed dagger that corrupts her with the blood code which basically means that havoc can like control her with dark magic okay wait sorry remember who gets that jackie jackie gets stabbed yeah but then jackie goes and stabs cassie and now cassie is also a brainwashed blood magic slave oh god um, you might be wondering why would Havoc do this if he's trying to like yeah. draw out this magic. And uh, the answer is because 
he he did it because as soon as he does so, who should arrive at Shang Tsung's island but an alliance of Outworld and Earthrealm warriors led by Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage. They've come to collect their daughter, and Havoc is like, well, I'm going to use her against y'all until I can get that Mediterranean war cult magic out of you. Why? Wait, but doesn't doesn't Cassie have it? Cassie hasn't accessed it yet. She has it, but okay. she doesn't know how okay. to do it yet. She okay. like hasn't okay. been able to say, like, magic on. So she's like, maybe I just don't have it. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Good. I think she says like maybe I'm a dud or maybe I'm like a, a skip to generation. Yeah. A dud. I'm a second. I think she says maybe I'm a second rate cage or something. Yeah. Uh, um. So like uh, Uncle, like Uncle like Donnie. Yeah. yeah. Donnie Cage. cage. The Donnie Wahlberg Donnie of cages. Yeah. <laughs> um. No offense, Donnie Wahlberg. I I know you listen to the show. I don't want to. You know. No. No offense. I, I meant it earlier when I made fun of Mark Wahlberg, but not you. Um, <laughs> You're the good Wahlberg. Yeah. I don't know if Donnie listens, but if he does, I hope he doesn't come after me. So, I'm sure he listens. <laughs> I'm, I have reason <laughs> to believe. Yeah. There's no way he doesn't. Donnie's listen. on the horn listening to this thing. So, so Cassie's now a brainwashed slave. Uh, and suddenly her mom and dad are here with like this army and she suddenly attacks them because she's controlled by havoc. So, Cassie is now fighting her own mom. Um, and in that fight, she manages to stab her mom with a Kamidogu dagger. So now it's a real shit show. Sonia is also oh, controlled no. by Havoc. Cassie's controlled by Havoc. Um, there are multiple factions of people fighting on this island with different uh, things that they want. Raiden shows up saying, like, what the fuck is going on? Um, it turns <laughs> out, me up? yeah, what's, what's going on now? Um, but turns out at the end of the day, it, what it all is, is this ritual in which, uh, Havoc is trying to use blood magic to find the amulet of Shinnok. He wants to bring Shinnok back, um, or use Shinnok's power. And in doing this blood magic, he's able to like force the amulet to appear before him. Um, got it. And so... He manages, from all the blood spilled on this island in this insane, like, brawl, he manages to get Shinnok's amulet, but uh, Scorpion, a ninja from Japan, who you may be familiar with, Shiro Ryu. Love Scorpion, this is clan. Yeah. yeah. He shows up with his young ward, this guy named Takeda Takahashi, who will be important in a moment. Um, okay. And together, Scorpion and his assistant, Takeda, manage to stop Havoc from killing everyone. Uh, Cassie's brain is cleared. She's no longer a, a blood slave. And she tearfully reunites with her parents. Um, and so after they manage to make it back to Earthrealm, Johnny's like, come on, let's go home, Cassie. Um, what a crazy, what a crazy week. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, yeah. Yeah. We got to, we still have uh, tickets to, to that. Yeah. Come on. We're going to be late to the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> But uh, but Cassie actually says, you know what, Dad? I think actually, I think I want to go start training with Mom. Now that I've been through this whole experience, I see firsthand all the horrible shit that you guys have been through and all the danger that we are in. And I think I want to join special forces and start taking my life a little more seriously and try to become a defender of the realm as well because I see how necessary that is. I want to be a first-rate cage. Yeah, I want to be a uh, number one cage, and I don't know if I have magic yes. yet. So maybe this will. This is how I'll find it. 
great. Yeah. So uh, years pass, time jump. Now we're in Mortal Kombat X or ten. Um, Cassie has become a sergeant. And wait, wait, when when is more when did when is Mortal Kombat X come out? When is this? Uh, Two thousand fifteen. Okay. Okay. What were you doing? What was how was what was your life at that at that point? Um, I think I had Mortal Kombat X. I think I played this. Yeah, for the PS3, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, or the Xbox One. Sure. Was it gonna have it for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I must Why have. Not? I, I PS4? played PS4. I don't I, remember I for sure played what it. system this was on. Yeah. Probably PS4. I played it a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I dabbled. Sure. A touch of but, but, combat. But what you're going to tell me, I will remember. <laughs> no, no. Right. I will have, like, all of this has left my brain. <laughs> now now you're going to have the context to know what the fuck is uh, going on. That's great. great. Okay. So years pass. Cassie is now a sergeant in the Special Forces. She's working under her mom, who's General Sonia Blade. Uh, but she's also um, working with her dad, who's kind of like, he's kind of like scout leader for the team that Cassie has been assigned, which is like still sort of in training. Um, Cassie is leading a team that consists of Jackie. So Jackie Briggs has also gone into training and also starting to become a member of special forces. Takeda Takahashi, the ninja that was trained by Scorpion who showed up and, and saved them uh, on Shang Tsung's Island. And Kung Jin, who is a Shaolin monk and the nephew or cousin, it's really unclear, of Kung Lao, who was an old friend of Johnny Cage's, who, of course, died uh, in the war against Shao Kahn. Yes. So she's got this little team. They've just started working together. Johnny Cage is kind of like their Nick Fury. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he says, uh, you know, listen. Johnny for- Cage, the actor, is Nick Fury. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because like in this timeline, he's like totally chilled out. He's like just a paunchy dad who's like, yeah, you know, I just want to be a good dad. Make sure my my kid's a good soldier. Uh, You know, stop some interdimensional stuff from happening, I guess. He's like totally settled down. How old is Johnny Cage in in this? uh... Jesus, I don't know. I mean, if during like the events of the first tournament, he was like, I don't know, at least mid twenties to be a huge celebrity, probably like thirties. I don't know. He's probably in his fifties here. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't look it, but that's probably, that's that Mediterranean war cult. Yeah, it's that Mediterranean war. Yeah. I want to go on the Mediterranean war cult diet. Yeah, dude. You just eat a lot of beans and souls <laughs> and olives. Um, so, so the team is sent on their first mission, uh, which is to go to the Lin Kuei Temple in China, uh, which is that Sub-Zero's clan. I'm sure you're familiar with Sub-Zero. And basically oh, yeah. spy on Sub-Zero because they haven't heard from him in a while, and they want to make sure that he's still an ally to the U.S. Special Forces. So, you know, the U.S. government's going and interfering on foreign soil. Wait, Sub-Zero was, a, Sub-Zero was an ally to the U.S. Special Forces? Well, he was an ally to Johnny and Sonya when they were trying to okay, stop Shao yeah, Kahn yeah. from taking over. So it's like they're just keeping tabs to see, like, if there's another threat, is this someone we could call up? Or is he, like, right. intentionally ghosting us? Or has something happened? So uh, so Cassie's team goes there, but it's clear right away that, like, she has not really done the work to pull this team together. 
she's still kind of a lone wolf. She's still got a cocky attitude um, because as soon as they get there, they are immediately caught. You know, Kung Jin goes rogue. He like approaches Sub-Zero when they're not supposed to be doing that. And very quickly, all four of them wind up bound and tied up at the at sword point by the Lin Kuei. At which point, it is revealed that this was just a test. Johnny Cage and his buddy, Sub-Zero, uh, were just looking to see if Cassie's team was ready yet. And it's been proven now, like, no, they're not. They haven't really managed to become a team. They're not ready for the real deal for interdimensional warfare. Cassie heads back and learns that interdimensional warfare is closer than she may have imagined. Because back at the base with her mom, there is a, a refugee from Outworld, this woman named uh, Lime. No, Lin, yeah, yes, Lime. Lin-Manuel yeah. Miranda. Lin-Manuel Miranda. That is where my mind went. I was like, is it Lin-May? Is it Lin-Manuel? Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda is like, oh, hello, Johnny Cage. Um, but uh, sorry, that was my that was my Lin. Did you did it sound? It sound like <laughs> him or did it sound tell, like a Justin yeah. Roiland character? Yeah. Okay. It's oh, it did sound a little bit like yeah. Justin that was yeah. that was me doing me with a head cold is me doing Justin Roiland <laughs> as Lin Manuel as Lin. Yeah. Um. So they they show up, uh, and finally May, who is this refugee from Outworld, and she's there being kind of interrogated by Sonia Blade, who's saying like, "Hey, people are running from Outworld." They want to uh, be housed in Earthrealm. She's like, well, why? What's going on in Outworld? And uh, Lee May says, there's a civil war happening right now in Outworld. The current emperor, Kotal Khan, is being attacked by Melina, Shao Khan's daughter, who believes that she has the right to the throne instead of Kotal Khan. And uh, my village was just destroyed by Melina in like one fell swoop. And they're like, well, how is that possible? And they say, well, Melina has Shinnok's amulet. And she's been using it to destroy villages. And so Sonia's like, oh, fuck. And Johnny's like, no way. And Cassie's like, is that the thing from the island? I try not to think about that too much. That was a horrible time for me. Um, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Was the, the amulet was... Sorry, when, where where did we last leave the amulet? With Earthrealm. So it shouldn't be an outworld. Okay. That's a problem. That, okay. me, that means that whoever was supposed to be protecting it in Earthrealm, like, lost track. Oh, come on. Yeah. Who's it? It's a very dangerous weapon because that could lead to the release of an evil, vengeful elder god who wants to conquer Earthrealm. That's not good. And the only one that could kill that uh, god is Johnny Cage. Right, which seems like a little, like, okay, so I guess just use him, right? But uh, but everyone's more worried about it than you might imagine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so... So Sonia okay, sends... So Malina, yeah, so, so Melina's got, got the amulet. Melina's got the amulet... But it doesn't, Sonia's like, I don't know if that could be true. It's supposed to be here. I'm going to look into whether it's still here. Uh, I'm going to do some like digging around, see if I could find Kano and talk to him. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I'm going to send your team, Cassie, to Outworld. I need you to not cause any trouble. Don't make a ruckus. We have like a very, very like shaky treaty with Kotal Khan. And with Outworld. So I need you to go there, just talk to Kotal Khan and ask him if he knows what's going on. And Cassie's like, You got it, mom. I will not screw this up. 
to go through the portal to Outworld. Ask Kotal Khan. Yeah, I will go ask the Emperor of Outworld. So, like, what are like the icebreakers uh, that I should yeah. use with Kotal Khan? Like, yeah. I feel like ask I should him, start. What do you like? Centaurs or dragon guys? What's your flavor? Um, yeah. So she trusts her daughter to go to Outworld, okay. and that um, you know was a mistake because immediately. They get intercepted by Kotal Khan's general, Aaron Black, who obviously Cassie has some limited history with, right. um, who says, uh, hey, what the fuck are you doing? No Earthrealmers allowed here. And Cassie's like, we're official emissaries of Earthrealm and Raiden. We're allowed to be here. We want to talk to Kotal Khan. Aaron Black is like, okay, I'll take you to Kotal. We'll see what he has to say. Um, but then... Uh, they witness this public execution that's happening nearby. Some like thieves are being executed just in outworld. Oh. Classic outworld shit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Kung Jin, who himself used to be a thief, is like, I got to stop this execution from happening. That's barbaric. And Cassie's like, hold on. This is not like, this is not our realm. We cannot interfere. And she can't control her team again. And so it becomes like this whole shit show where like they wind up fighting these random like outworld generals in a public square trying to interfere with an execution that Kotal Khan signed off on. And it becomes a massive conflict where Kotal Khan winds up showing up. Uh, he's fighting them. He's going to have them arrested. Kung Jin again goes rogue and challenges him to a trial by combat, which he knows is like by outworld law, like Kotal Khan can't say no. So now Cassie Cage very quickly has gone from, I'll go ask Kotal Khan if he's seen anything. I won't cause a ruckus. To her team is challenging him to a fight to the death to decide whether or not they will be executed in the public square. Wow. This happens in okay. more or less instantly the second they <laughs> in our world. Um, of course, yeah. Yeah, so uh, thankfully, Kung Jin manages to defeat Kotal Khan in single combat, which is like, kind of humiliating it's like some random dude from earth realm just beat the emperor of outworld and like yeah and kotal khan's like a gi giant dude right yeah he's, he's like a, enormous a, he's like a pretty yeah he's at least at least 511 he's at least, yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> closer go to five you went with yeah. a funnier yeah, yeah. <laughs> and thick too he dumps is. like a truck on that man yeah he's got that, like a, a, a ben meckler scale dump truck ass yeah um Kotal Khan splits his pants that his... dude splits a lot of kung fu pants yeah <laughs> he shreds them so so Kotal uh Kotal now is like he's the guy who's like you've defeated me kung jin kill me and kung jin's like no i don't like i won't do that could instead we just trade for you uh, help us find Melina and figure out what's going on. And Kotal's like, cool, man, I will. All oh, that because he's say, against her. Yeah, Kotal's fighting her yeah. anyway. So he's like, oh, that sounds great. Uh, so yeah, Cassie explains, like, we're just here to look for Melina and find out whether she has Shinnok's amulet. If she does, it's bad news for you. It's bad news for Earthrealm. We, we're here to help you out. And Kotal Khan is like, okay, I'm still a little paranoid uh that you're working for melina but i will let you team up with some of my generals and go and investigate see if you can find her so uh cassie cage calls her mom and is like we're gonna go with i'm gonna go play with kotal khan's friends if that's okay we're gonna go looking for melina and sonia blade says yeah i just 
found Kano and interrogated him. And he says that Melina is in the Kuatan jungle. So go look there first. I'm, I'm giving you permission to continue this investigation. And Cassie's like, cool, mom, thanks. Uh, I'm not going to tell you about all the stuff that happened before this. You don't need to know about that. So oh, she's just following a new thread. She, I mean, she's continuing to follow the Molina thread. Um, I think she's just like not letting her mom know how deeply she just like fucked everything up <laughs> <I got it. laughs> before, I got it. before things got, she like righted the ship. <laughs> yeah. So Sonia has interrogated Kano and gotten the information that Molina is actually at the Kuatan jungle, um, which gives Cassie the info she needs to go follow this Molina thread a little farther. And, uh, She's partnered with Kotal Khan's team, which is led by a bug lady named Devora, a lady that is, she is a bug, and also she's made of bugs. I don't understand. Um, there's also one what big bug inside her. So it's like, is the oh, bug driving yeah, a, an exoskeleton, yeah. or is she a bunch of bugs? It kind what of kind depends of bugs on the are we scene. Like, are we all um, different kinds of bugs, or... They seem like beetles or cockroaches beetles. that eat stuff. Like, you know the beetles, the scarab beetles from uh, The Mummy? 1999, yes, yeah, not yeah. the uh, yep. Tom Cruise version could have used more of those scarab beetles, in my opinion, but. Could have used more Brendan Fraser, too. Uh, it would have been tight. What happened with that movie, man? That was, what a trip. Anyway. Tom Cruise mummy? Yeah. I just, the Tom yeah, Cruise no mummy, idea. even as a sentence, is like, oh, yeah, yeah they that did happened. that. That oh, happened. Yeah, that was a movie. Yeah, that was yeah. in 2017. There was a movie called The Mummy that starred yeah, Tom Cruise. To, and it was supposed to reboot the Universal Monsters Franchise. Yeah, they did a photo shoot with yep. with two actors that never three that never actually made any movies. Because wasn't it like Javier Bardem, other... Angelina Jolie, and Johnny Depp in that photo? Wow. Well, I know what I'm going to be googling after this. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe Angie didn't make it in. I think she did though. But yeah, it was like they had Russell Crowe and they had Tom Cruise and they had. Uh, who actually played the mummy? Sophia Patella? Yeah. And then they had the, uh, the other entire equal group of people that never made movies that were a part That's of so that crazy. franchise. And no one talked about it. It yeah. just disappeared. I've said this before, but I, I really hope that like someone on set became like best, like met their best friend or their spouse at that photo shoot. And now that's like their story forever is like, you know the dark universe? No, I don't. Oh, well, we met at the photo shoot that kicked it off. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Insane. Um, so uh we now have Cassie and her team uh that still hasn't managed to figure out how to work together, working alongside uh a bug lady and a bunch of other monsters, <laughs> including like Reptile, <laughs> um, and Aaron Black and Ermac, the the big pile of ghosts in the shape of a guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're together going into the Kuatan jungle looking for Melina. And when they get to this like base, what they find is uh, a few of Melina's like most famous allies, like bumping, you know, just hanging out. So they're like, okay, this is definitely it. They see some Tarkatans. They see it, which includes like Baraka and, and his ilk. They see rain um, and Tanya to Edenians that have long uh, worked with Melina and so um, Devora tries to instantly murder uh, these generals, but Cassie stops her um, because Cassie's like, hey, I know that I murder people when I have to, uh, but not right now, but I can't, guess. <laughs> can't we just tie them up? 
yeah, pretty much. She's like, can we tie them up? And Devorah's like, that guy is a demigod that makes rain, and the other one uh, worships the devil. And Cassie's like, yeah, it's but fine. like, we got to get that good rope. Yeah, I don't want you know. Listen, I don't want to have it on my conscience that I killed two people who've done many genocides on their own. <laughs> and so uh, Cassie's like, can we just tie them up? Devorah's like, fuck you. And as they're arguing, in comes Melina, returning to her little home base. Um, and so it becomes a brawl with Melina, who, yes, absolutely has Shinnok's amulet, this like insanely powerful weapon. And um, now what does that do for her when she has it? Honestly, it's like having a laser. <laughs> okay. She just like thrusts the amulet out and I don't know, fucking God juice blasts out of it and just like destroys And this shit. thing can also, it could also resurrect the God, right? That's like the uh, ultimate, that's like kind of the end game of this, this amulet or no? I mean, like what's happening with Shinnok it just makes is that he's, powerful. he's like sealed inside of it. Okay. And okay. I guess you have the option of resurrecting him if you're like a Shinnok worshiper. Um, but you can or also you can just harness his like, power yeah, and you can milk him, him, I guess, and, and use yeah. his, <laughs> his God energy to uh, like just like blow stuff up. Like, like you just have a laser blaster, like Iron Man style. You just shoot Shinnok milk. Yeah. You yell, I'm going to shoot. And then you just blast <laughs> Shinnok milk out of your amulet. Um, so yeah, Molina's doing that. The combined forces of Cassie's team and Devorah's team are like fighting her, and and they do manage to take Melina down, safety in numbers, um, and bring her. Oh, they do! Great, they do. They take Melina down. They drag her before Kotalkan, and Cassie's like, "We brought her here as a prisoner. I didn't kill her people." And Kotalkan is like, "Okay, great, Devorah, could you execute her like immediately?" <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, and Devora barfs uh, hundreds of bugs down Melina's throat, and the bugs eat her from the inside. Yes. Yeah. Now, what happens to our amulet? They now have the amulet back, and Cassie's like, "We're gonna take it back to Earthrealm. We're gonna uh, guard it again." Sorry, guys, that it got loose. I think I think by that point they'd figured out that like Kano had stolen it, and he'd brought it to Outworld, and then sold it to Melina. Um, and I think that was part of how Sonia had figured out like where Melina was in the first place. And what's Melina? What was Melina's endgame here? Like, what do you do with this amulet? You have it. Like, what? What do you? You're all powerful. Do you? Do you kill everyone? Like, who does yeah. she want to to to? You know, does she have people she that could... she wants to like live prosperous lives no, under her, she, or not at or all. is she just like chaotic and like just wants to kill everyone? She is. She is like a chaotic like. Um, She's like a chaotic, she wants to rule Outworld for the sake of saying that she's on top and like proving that she's like the worthy successor to Shao Kahn because she's always had a chip on her soldier since she's a genetic uh, clone. But like, what happens when you get there? That's the, that's my question. Like, so let's say she does, she gets there, she wins, she has it, you know, she, like, what then? Are you ever going to be happy? She actually had been the emperor after Shao Kahn and had been overthrown by Kotal Khan because she was basically killing everyone and destroying the entire realm when she was okay. in charge. Yeah. She like absolutely was doing a terrible job in charge. of and gas prices were really high. Yeah. It was like, it was a real, there's a lot of malarkey everywhere. She wasn't getting rid of the malarkey at all. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, she was not popular, but it was basically this was all spite. It was just spite driving her, and everyone, yeah. everyone like uh, yeah, yeah, it was literally like she was just a despot, and everyone who was working for her were like, "Hey, maybe I could profit off of this if I like." Even when I think even when uh, Team Cassie had taken down Rain, he was like, "They were like, why would you serve Molina?" And he was like, "Well, I'm just trying to get her and Kotalkan to kill each other so I can take over." So like even the people that were like working for her were like, oh, I don't, yeah, like I don't actually think like Molina should be in charge. She's a fucking lunatic. I, oh my I think god, I like might when... get rich. <laughs> but who's good to be in charge? Like what's like what's the status quo? Like where are we trying to get to? You know, Kotal Khan isn't bad. Okay. Yeah, he's he's like not perfect and loses a lot of fights for someone who's supposed to be protecting one of the most dangerous realms in the universe. Um, right. but, uh, he, you know, treats people, there, he, st- he has rules that he lives by. Okay. <laughs> so like, that's right. a step yeah, in yeah. the right direction <laughs> for Outworld. I mean, the thing with Outworld is it is every, the reason there are all these monsters and it's like such a melting pot is because they're all from different realms that had been conquered over thousands of years by Shao Kahn right, when he was in right. charge. So it, yeah. it's already, um, not unlike America. It's already I was just gonna say, yeah, it's, it's already America. a melting pot of like <laughs> immigrants and refugees and, and people who've been driven here and people who ran here and people who came here seeking uh freedom or promise of something, and then also people that like originally lived here didn't ask for any of these people to show up and like ravage their home realm. Um so it's a tough place to rule thousands of years past that when everyone's kind of just had to settle into like, this is where we all live and this is all of our homes now, I guess. Um, so basically Outworld is America in a thousand years if climate yeah. change doesn't destroy the planet before then wipe us out before then. It, yes. It's also like <laughs> kind of a post-climate change world because canonically it's been through climate change. It used Outworld used to be lush and beautiful and Shao Kahn literally like drank up all the uh like nature juice to make himself uh, more powerful and that's why it's all right. like deserts and purple skies which is what it's gonna look like here i guess pretty soon so yeah. outworld uh, is what we have to look forward to actually <laughs> after climate great. change yeah <laughs> i mean we're in climate it's after after global warming <laughs> completes it's it's warming of the globe um and then mon- monsters begin to emerge yeah once we all become like baracas <laughs> yeah it's gonna be me like trying to type at a computer and write jokes with fucking blade arms and my fangs like <laughs> jutting through my lower jaw um yeah so uh so cassie uh wants to take the amulet home she's like sorry about that our bad but kotal khan says yeah no my job as ruler of outworld is to protect outworld Part of protecting Outworld is protecting Outworld from Earthrealm fucking shit up. That's going to get everyone in Outworld killed. So we are watching the amulet from now on. And to prove a point to Earthrealm, you're all going to jail. So he locks up Cassie and Kung Jin and Takeda and Jackie uh, in a brig on like a ship that's going to take them to like a prison colony somewhere in Outworld. And he takes the amulet for himself for safekeeping. Uh, he like gives it to like one of his generals and is like, go lock this up in, in the, the bank of first bank of Outworld. Um, wow, what a, that's a dick move. It, you know, it's kind of a dick move, but also is he wrong? I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like none of this shit would have happened, but uh, you know, they also helped him get Molina and the civil war. So it's, it's complicated. 
It's yeah, I think that's that. Overall, that's as an abolitionist, I don't think he should have put them in jail. Um, but uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, you know, he's not wrong to be mad. <laughs> so sure. So while they're in jail uh, at rock bottom, Cassie finally manages to get her team to start bonding and becoming a real team, and she does so by opening up. She says, "Like this really sucks. I feel." terrible and i've always kind of felt insecure because i'm not as good a soldier as my mom who's like the soldier of soldiers it's like the reason her marriage fell apart she's the one who always knows what to do she's the only reason we know even where to find melina and i'm a second-rate version of my dad i'm not a movie star i don't have his charisma people don't love me the way they love him he's like the real i mean i had i had a I had a web series. Yeah. She's like, I had a web series about roommates that was uh, online in 2011, (laughs) had 4,000 hits and got me some meetings. But, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm not him and I don't even have his Mediterranean war cult magic. I've never been able to conjure it. Not on purpose, at least. Um, You know, they've saved Earthrealm a million times and I've never done shit. And that kind of opens everyone up because then everyone's like, you know, Jackie's like, I'm not as good as my dad. And Kung Jin's like, I'll never be Kung Lao. And Takeda's like, Scorpion's so cool. And I'm not like Scorpion. Also, my dad is Kenshi. I'm also not as talented as him. That's a great scene. Yeah. That sounds hilarious. They all start talking about how they can't be their dads. Um, and so, uh, so this really opens them up. Now they're really bonding. Now they're really listening to each other. But it's like, you know, does it matter? Is it too late? Um, and so that is where uh, they managed to find it in themselves to work together to break out of this jail cell and hopefully at least get back home. But as soon as they do, uh, they break out of the cell. They're kind of spying on like, Kotal Khan's men like hanging out outside of the jail cell. It's Reptile and I think Ermac and like Aaron Black. And what they overhear is that Devora has betrayed Kotal Khan. She stole Shinnok's amulet uh, and is heading to Earthrealm to free Shinnok and help him with some like evil plan. And so now oh. Cassie and her team are like, shit, we can't just return home. Um, we also have to like save Earthrealm and, and all of the dimensions because we're in a real pickle here. Um, and they get back to the base in Earthrealm and find tons of dead bodies um, of both Special Forces soldiers and ninjas from the Shirayu clan, um, as well as like mercenaries and outworld uh, refugees, just like dead people piled up all over the place. Johnny Cage is missing. Sonya Blade is unconscious and what they learn from Scorpion who's there and is like one of the only people that's like even able to make words is that uh, Devora brought the amulet back to Earthrealm um, passed it to Quan Chi who was like this, this famous disciple of Shinnok who had been imprisoned in Earthrealm for years Quan Chi said the spell that freed Shinnok and Shinnok kidnapped Johnny Cage took uh, Devora with him went to the Sky Temple, which is where Raiden lives, and is already in the midst of enacting his plan to poison the Jinsei energy that uh, powers Earthrealm and like keeps why us alive. Did they free, why free Shinnok? Why did they... Devora had her own reasoning where she was like, I'm going to be a disciple of Shinnok. Uh, the, the backstory is basically that Devora was like, Shinnok will protect my people if I serve him, and if I don't have... 
I will, without him being here, I'm always going to be serving somebody else. So I'm going to bring the most powerful person in the world back and they will defend me. Oh, that, and then yeah. she also had an okay. ulterior motive, like everyone, where she was like, and then I'll kill him and then I'll become an elder god. But, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, it doesn't fucking matter. He's back now. Yeah. <laughs> was, and and was, is, was Shinnok keeping his promise? Like, where's Devorah at this point? He's got She's her. She's with him. Yeah, so Cassie and her friends are going to head to the Sky Temple, and the situation is basically that Shinnok is there, poisoning Earthrealm, is protected by Devorah and the revenant uh, puppeteered like corpses of all of Johnny and Sonia's old friends from the, the first war against Shao Kahn um, okay. as his like zombie army. Yeah. Wow. Shit's bad. So, yeah. so Cassie and her friends are suddenly the only defense that Earthrealm has left. They have to save everybody. They're the only people who can do it. Um, and they're like, good thing we just became a team. Yeah. So they hop in their like <laughs> fucking airship that Special Forces has. And uh, they're heading for the Sky Temple, but they wind up getting ambushed along the way by Kotal Khan. Wait, is this... Uh, sorry, I have a question about the, uh, oh, yeah. the Sky Temple. The Sky Temple, where is it? Gee, it's, it's like in a our floating, sky off, yeah. off of Earth? Yep. It's not in another dimension? It's no. not in another realm? Like, Sky Realm exists It's as, like over it, Cleveland. It's... <laughs> Raiden's just, like, hanging out up there and occasionally okay. z- zapping down a Cedar Point to ride some roller coasters. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. It makes perfect sense. I agree. <laughs> so, uh, so Cassie and her friends are heading there in their, you know, plane that they're going to land, I guess, in the, in the Sky Temple. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, I hope these cloud floors can hold. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they get attacked by Kotal Khan along the way. Kotal Khan has brought his outworld forces to Earthrealm. He's, he's reading the situation and is like, Shinnok's going to take Earthrealm. The best thing I could do to protect Outworld, which is my job, is to kill you guys and offer your heads to him as like tribute to say, like, listen, you can have Earthrealm, just leave Outworld alone. So they wind up having to fight Kotal Khan and the Outworlders again. Oh, boy. Yep. But thankfully, they're saved by Sub-Zero, their old buddy, who who they'd failed at the beginning. Sub Zero rescues them, sees them, Where's and he says been? he was hanging out with his ninjas, trying to figure out like what was going oh, okay. on. They're just lucky to be in close proximity. I think at that point, <laughs> they like crash land in a They're forest in, in China in near <laughs> near the Lin Kuei's. Yeah, okay. Don't worry about it. They're there. So uh, so they show up, um, and they and Sub Zero looks at them and is like, "Wow, you've come so far." You guys weren't a team last week. Now you are a team, uh, and you're gonna uh, you're gonna stop Shinnok. Go ahead, you got this. And so he sends them to the Sky Temple, uh, where Shinnok is, you know, again guarded by Devora and all of Johnny and Sonya's old friends, um, and is uh, sucking out Earth's energy and corrupting it with his dark energy, so that he can uh, his big master plan is he's going to use it to attack the heavens and kill all the other elder gods and be, I don't know, do bad, bad devil stuff. You know, and we don't want that. No, that would, we're like, no, thanks. So turns into this big fight where Cassie, Takeda, Jackie and Kung Jin have to fight some of the greatest warriors in like the history of all of the realms. 
Um, they're barely making it through. Jackie gets in the injured. Takeda gets wounded. Uh, only Kung Jin and Cassie manage to actually make it inside of the Sky Temple, where they find that Raiden himself has been defeated by Shinnok and is tied and bound up. Um, Shinnok is inside of the Jinsei chamber, just like kind of cooking in there. Not just killed though. Why not just kill him? I don't know. I think I think Shinnok was like, <laughs> I want you to watch. And <laughs> that's that's the, my that's the kink. Flaw. Yeah, yeah, that's the major flaw though. You know, you, it's always that's the that's like the tool you always want to not have to use in your in your toolbox. Like, how do I not make someone so? How do I make someone so powerful? They're scary and dangerous but not so powerful that they can just go like, okay, snap my fingers. Everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. now I get what I want and it's always like spite. They have to enjoy watching people fail. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen, sometimes you just need to go there, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. This, this is, that's so Shinnok. It is classic Shinnok. <laughs> Shinnok. So Shinnok is there cooking in Jinsei juice. Raiden's all tied up. <laughs> Um, Johnny is there getting tortured by Devora, who's just like spitting bugs at him, like, ha, take that. Here's another bug. He 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 he. Um <laughs> and uh Cassie's, you know, pretty upset to see how far things have gone. So she <laughs> she and Kung Jin challenge Devora to a fight. Um D- Devora manages to knock Kung Jin out. Cassie manages to take out Devora. Now she's on her own. As Shinnok emerges from the Jinsei chamber, all souped up from all this Jinsei juice that he sucked up. So now not only does Cassie have to take on an Elder God, she has to take on like a beefy, you know, like Shredder at the end of Secret of the Ooze version oh, yeah, yeah. of yeah. Uh, Shinnok. Yeah. <laughs> all, it's all new spikes all over the place. Yeah, covered in spikes from drinking up juice. Um <laughs> So, uh, so Johnny Cage, who's like fading out, covered in flesh-eating bugs, off in the corner, says like, "I love you, Cassie." As he's like fading fast, and oh. that is what Cassie needed to hear. It turns out, the thing that oh, activates your go. Mediterranean war cult magic is seeing the people you love suffer. That's why, oh. back when Havoc had her, he was torturing Jackie in front of her to try to bring out her magic. That's what you need to become a god killer okay wow that's great that makes a lot that's good it's the power of love just like huey lewis said it's the mediterranean murder love yeah it's that's (laughs) they were like back in the day when the mediterranean people were like in our war cult we want to kill gods how what's the most efficient way to do so they were like seeing our loved ones uh in danger and so that's it's love. Did. It's love that creates death. <laughs> yeah. They, the only way you could kill is by loving. <laughs> you have to love someone so much you're willing to kill them or for them or something. Uh yeah. So that's that's what uh that's what it takes. And so Cassie is able to use her green Mediterranean war cult magic to absolutely whoop Shinnok's ass. Um she then helps Raiden restore Earth's Jinsei. Uh, and in doing so, unfortunately, Raiden becomes uh, corrupted by the dark energy that Shinnok had spat in there. So Raiden what? becomes, yeah, he doesn't become like villain Raiden per se. He kind of just becomes like, what if Raiden was an kind asshole Raiden? Yeah, literally, he's like <laughs> yeah, he's called yeah. Dark Raiden, and his whole thing is like from now on. Basically, he's like from now on, I'm going to act like the United States military. He's like, I'm going to preemptively attack any threat I foresee 
could eventually hurt Earthrealm, even if they haven't done anything wrong yet. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that, those are dick moves. Yeah. He like beheads Shinnok, even though Shinnok can't ever be really dead. And like Shinnok's decapitated head is like, and, and he's like, yeah, now you'll be like this forever. And like, I'm going to rub it in your face. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Wait, he separates his head from his body and then it just stays alive forever. Yeah. Does it go back into the amulet? Nope. Literally just a head with like his tongue sticking out going like, (laughs) I'm going to put this on my wall. It's like a whole level where it's just like sitting in the background of the level and you just see him like flapping his jaws going. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. What happened to his body? Um, fell over. I don't know. It's just like, okay. (laughs) I I assume there's a headless torso just forever sitting in the corner of like, we're gonna fuck with your body and you're gonna have to watch yeah every time the cleaners come by they're like um excuse me mr raiden do you want us to like do anything with this and he's like no it's it's cool yeah Yeah. um so there's just books there's magazines all over it yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's sitting on a pile of national geographics um so uh (laughs) so Shinnok's done for. Raiden has saved Earthrealm, if at great cost. Cassie has saved the world. And Sonya and Johnny uh, come to and reunite. The family is happily reunited. Um, hooray, Cassie did it. She's saved the Earth. She's done what her parents did. She's finally proven that she is, she's not a second-rate cage. She's not, uh, you know, a poor man Sonya Blade. She's just as good as her parents ever were. Happy That's ending. great. And and now her life can become what? Now we all go back to like what's normal. Like yeah. what like now I have I've unlocked this power. I hope I never have to use it again. But now what do we do? I think you know, now it's what do like, we do after this? They go back to the base. Things are fine. You know, maybe she's like kind of harboring hopes that her I don't know, maybe web maybe, will come back. maybe my web series will get renewed. <laughs> maybe I could get Hulu to buy eleven episodes of like a yeah. premium like more like a prestige television kind of version of my web series. She had a thing mates. at Quibi. Yeah. She had a Quibi thing. It and Quibi went under before it got produced. Yeah. Now she's trying to shop it around somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But no one's looking for content that short. Yeah. So she's like, maybe I could blow it out to longer episodes, but then does it feel like it's stretched thin? I don't know. <laughs> um, so she's grappling with all of that. Uh, and, you know, having dinner with mom and dad and just enjoying peacetime. Who now mom and dad are in their 50s, yeah? They're both yeah, they're both sure. like mid mid 50s. Yeah. Sure. Why not? And is this, this is and this is where we left. This is in the last game that came out. This is the last story. This is how or things is there... were at the beginning of the last game. Wow. Okay. So Cassie is not was she not in the last game? She was. So in Mortal Kombat 11, some time has passed. Cassie's been promoted to commander at Special Forces. And uh they are kind of following through with what Raiden had said, like we're going to take preemptive strikes. Okay. Cass- surprise, surprise. Sonya Blade special forces in the U S military were like, sounds great. Let's go intervene on some foreign soil. So they, uh, classic. classic they, they military. lead a mission to the nether realm, which is if hell was a dimension, that's what the nether realm is. It's definitely not U S soil. No, it is objectively <laughs> not like within our jurisdiction. <laughs> so, they go to the Nether Realm, uh, where Liu Kang has basically become the like new emperor of the Nether Realm. 
um, with his like zombie bride, uh, Kitana. And right. uh, they go to the Nether Realm where they plan on uh, doing a preemptive strike against Liu Kang and his uh, army, even though Liu Kang's army hasn't done anything yet, because they know that Liu Kang hates Raiden, blames Raiden for his death, and plans on like launching some kind of a strike against uh, Earthrealm. So they are going there to stop even the the thinking of concocting a plan against us. But uh, it all goes horribly wrong. Cassie and Sonya, in launching an attack on the Nether Realm, wind up uh, in this like horrible explosion where Sonya gets buried under a bunch of rubble. Um, they're outnumbered. A bunch of the special forces soldiers get killed. And Cassie is ordered by her mother to retreat and basically leave Sonya for dead. Um, wow. So that Sonya can, can like basically die at least taking out some of Liu Kang's people with her. Um, and that, and, and she goes, she dies. Sonya dies and Cassie oh, is shit, left man. heartbroken, returning to earth realm, like having lost her mom on a mission that didn't really like have to happen. Like earth realm wasn't being attacked quite yet. Um, but yes, she lost her for what feels like no reason. And, uh, that's yeah. when things get much better and much worse for Cassie at the same time, because Shinnok's mom, uh, <laughs> this woman, Sorry, this Titan of Time, Chronica. <laughs> She's not just a woman. Not just a woman. I didn't mean to sound reductive. The Titan of Time, Chronica, arrives. Uh, she is more than an elder god. She's something that came before the elder gods. And she has the ability to craft all of time. Everything that has ever happened, she, she writes that by uh, puppeteering the hourglass of time, which is this actual physical place in Outworld. Um, wow. She comes down to Earthrealm to start recruiting an army that uh, will basically defend her as she, not unlike her son, uh, stands at the hourglass of time and reworks time to erase this entire timeline and create a new timeline all over again. So her MO is she wants to make it so that nothing ever happened in this timeline, which is the only timeline in which Cassie Cage, to our knowledge, has been born. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. what you meant by, yeah, the future of Cassie Cage. Because mm -hmm. she's, she's pissed off that Raiden not only killed her son, so on a personal level, she's also pissed off that Raiden basically, like, decided to make this timeline by sending that message back in time um, right. in the first place. So she's going to undo, like, all of this. So on the one hand, existential threat to Cassie Cage's very existence um, that she now has to fight against. But on the other hand, Cronica, um, in order to form an army, is pulling people from the past. But she doesn't have like a precise control over who she's bringing in from the past. She's really just trying to bring in people who've died. So like people like Shao Kahn, people like right. Melina, people like Katana, who died tragically um, in the past. She's trying to bring them forward into the present so that... Uh, she can say to them, like, hey, you had a bum deal in this timeline, but help me in what I'm trying to do, and I'll, I'll give you a positive life. In doing so, she brings back young Johnny Cage and young Sonya Blade circa the second Mortal Kombat games timeline. So now Cassie Cage is hanging out at Special Forces base, and all of a sudden, who should walk through the doors but a version of her mom that is her age, her mom that she just lost, 
Oh, wow. And a cocky, annoying version of Johnny Cage from I, when now he was I her remember, age. This, this is starting to ring a bell for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Obnoxious pre-marriage, pre-fatherhood, pre-saving the world Johnny Cage shows up as well. And is now oh, yeah. hanging out alongside 50-year-old, now widower, um, dad Johnny Cage. And so, uh, so suddenly Cassie Cage is hanging out at the base and immediately has a new family in which she has two dads, old and young, as well as young mom. Oh my God. And is like, what the fuck's going on? Um, gets clued into the threat that they're facing, starts to make a plan to fight back. But before they can do that, boom, uh, in come the black dragon led by two Kanos, old Kano and young Kano from the past. <laughs> who is Whoa. also now in the present and uh sector and the cyber linkway, the cyborgs you don't like. Um, oh yeah. 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 Sector <laughs> has showed up and he now rules uh, a cyborg army that's working for Kronika. So they've shown up to preemptively kidnap Johnny and Sonia and Cassie and other Johnny. Um, but they only managed to get young Sony, Sonia and young Johnny and uh, Cassie and old Johnny manage to get out of the way before they start kidnapping people. And Cassie manages to put a tracking device on the cyborg ninja army spaceship plane before uh, it leaves with Sonia that she can go rescue her young mom. Wow. It's a lot to take in. Are you it's... still with me? I'm Are you still following? With you. Okay. I believe so. Okay, great. <laughs> That's the best we can hope for. Um, one other important thing that happens here is when Cassie sees her young mom, young Sonia is like, where's old me? And Cassie has to tell her, like, we, I, you just died. We were on a mission together and you ordered me to leave you behind. Ooh. And How young she Sonia, that? she does not understand that at all. Young Sonia is like, what kind of soldier are you? No man left Ooh. behind you left your own mother to die fuck you and cassie for whom this is like a very raw emotion is like really hurt by this and then yeah like now's not the time to say these things yeah i need to i need to heal she's trying to heal reflect. yeah and then and then moments later her the young version of her mom the only version of her mom that's still around gets kidnapped by the black dragon so cassie's like very laser focused on like i need to go rescue my young mom and resolve all of this because it's the only way for me to re resolve all these feelings that I have about my mother. Um, but Sector, uh, the cyborg ninja, explodes a nuke in his body to suicide bomb and destroy the entire Special Forces base with Cassie and Johnny inside. Cassie and Johnny, thankfully, barely escaped. Were they, were they inside a refrigerator? <laughs> they were inside a refrigerator that launches them into the air. Uh, i've been thinking about revisiting indiana jones 4 and then i think about that i haven't scene. seen it. i watched it on a i watched it on a plane uh you know 14 years ago i watched it in theaters opening night and i remember thinking like i kind of liked that and then i haven't revisited it since yeah i don't know maybe i'll like it i was was 2008 um 2008 was that yeah that was 19 yeah yeah 18 19 yeah, I watched it. Uh, I watched it on a plane on the way back from my honeymoon from like Barcelona. That's really funny. 
I, I like love Barcelona. Sh- shitty laptop. Beautiful city. Barcelona's, it's amazing. Great place to have a honeymoon. A bunch of my friends just went there, and uh, some of them brought me back stuff. And so I just got a bunch of uh, candy from Barcelona. Yeah. You got just a bunch of ham. Ham. I got a big <laughs> a big leg of Iberico ham. <laughs> uh this is ham talk um yeah <laughs> so uh so sector nukes himself in the base uh oh, yeah so how do they get out how do they get out of that raiden shows up on a lightning bolt okay. grabs them and lightning bolts out of there takes them back to the uh they're Shirai. badly burned they're horribly <laughs> they're burned li- covered in burns. scar tissue yeah <laughs> that is how Liu kang dies he gets like covered in lightning bolts like is disgustingly like charred and his dying oh, words, God. he's like steaming corpse in Raiden's arms. And he's like, this is your fault. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, okay. So they get teleported to the Shirai Ryu temple, which is Scorpion's ninja clan. And that's kind of where uh, Raiden's like gathering the troops for the assault on Kronika's base. Um, okay. And so that's how Cassie winds up leading special forces on a mission um, with her mom with her they kind of like reunite um and have like you know her mom is like thank you for saving me from the black dragon thank you for joining up with the good guys to launch the final attack against uh against chronica i see now that you are a good soldier that you did your best and like i you're a good person and cassie like embraces her mom and is like oh thank god i needed to hear that you said out loud all the feelings i had am i a bad person for leaving my mom now my own mom's absolved me of this. Like I've, I've managed to heal. Let us march together into battle, which is all I ever wanted to stop Kronika from erasing me existing. And Sonia's like, that's all I want. I've created such a great daughter. And even if it means I die later on, I don't want to lose you. Like you're such an amazing person. It's like everything Cassie could ever want to hear is like a child. Um, that's so nice. This love is now unlocking her kill, kill her. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I'm feeling the juice. I'm ready to do some Mediterranean war cold shit. Just starts Yeah, say some these, more uh, stuff about how much worms. you love me and how much pain you've been in. Um, yeah. But, uh, it, you know, yeah, in, in, in rescuing her young mom and having this unique experience she never would have had if she couldn't, she couldn't change time. There's nothing she could do to stop her mom from... Um, dying and like outside of offering herself to Kronika and saying like, I will serve your dark needs if you make it so that I get to exist and my mom gets to live. But Cassie's a good person. So she would never, you know, go along with that. So, um, yeah, she got to have this unique experience. It's a time travel shit that, uh, gave her the healing she needed to not feel guilt about her mom's death. Um, and together, if we, if we could only have those, you know, the opportunity to, chill with a young version of our parents after our parents pass away everyone should have that that should be the government should get in into figuring out how to give that to every u.s u.s citizen the ability to talk to the young version of our dead parents uh later in life just put that out there joseph r biden if you're listening um that would be great hook it up no no more malarkey um so yeah, they storm into battle together against Kronika and her forces um, to stop her from undoing the entire timeline. And uh, in the end, they uh, fail. Kronika erases time. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. That's how it ends. Yep, Kronika erases all of time. She is defeated by young Liu Kang. Um, okay. 
who is now the new master of time, but it's not until after she erases everything that ever did happen. So moving forward now, young Liu Kang has to make a new timeline. Um, And so the best we can hope for is that he will make one where Cassie gets how do you, to exist. How do you make a new? T- how do you make a new timeline? What does that mean? Um, Kang makes a new timeline. As best we've seen, it means we're starting at nothingness, just him in a big old hourglass, and he has to wear a special magical crown, and wave his hands around like a conductor, and then Come that on. decides what's going to happen in all of history. <laughs> that's, no, I, that's that's all the game shows us. <laughs> Wait, the game shows that? Yeah. No. Wow. Have, have you okay. beaten the story mode in Mortal Kombat 11 yet? No. Did you bring any video games with you to Atlanta? <laughs> no, I did. I no, no. I only brought my Oculus. If I bring my, my oh man, I also have an Oculus that I got as a gift from somebody, and I don't ever use it or remember that I have it. I don't. I was like uh, every day. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll play Beat Saber right now, and then I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at this thing's just sitting here like it does at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if I bring but, if uh, I bring my Switch to Atlanta and I bring Mortal Kombat 11, can we play? Yes. Great. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I want to see this. Uh, if I wear my Balenciagas to, to set, do you think Kevin Hart will play Mortal Kombat 11 with us? He will be uh, on your. He'll watch you play. He'll be riding your back, and he'll watch you play. Who do you think? Oh man, like Ferrator. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think he uh, mains in Mortal Kombat? Um. Oh. Kevin, who? Man, I don't know. Is it who's who's like the uh, who's like the fun quippy character? Johnny Cage. <laughs> Johnny Cage. <laughs> Kevin's yeah, the Johnny that. Cage guy. That makes sense. He's the Johnny Cage. Yeah. You know. Should we talk about other unannounced cast members of this project and who they'd make? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. No. Uh, actually, they'll all be on this podcast. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I'm just gonna bring the mic there, and we'll we'll make it happen. Um. Yeah, that's literally the end of Cassie's story. She storms into battle with her mom. She she resolves all of her emotional problems and then um, stops existing. You know, it's funny. That's what uh, that's that's such a TV play. That's what happened on every episode of like The Walking Dead when someone's like, "Oh fuck, this character is resolving their emotional story." <laughs> like they're dying in this episode. Yeah, and and it was the same thing on Lost as well. Yeah, they're uh, ready to say goodbye. It was like, oh no! It's like you could start to after a while. You could tell who's going to die. It's yeah. like, oh god, they're they're there's nothing else for this person. They, you know. Not to speak ill of Lost, the best television show ever made, even till the end. In my do you opinion. feel that way for real? Yeah. Really, the Lost finale aired when I was in film school. I had not missed a single episode during its original airing of the whole show, and the yeah. finale was airing when I was going to be on a set. And I was losing my mind that I wasn't going to be able to watch this thing. I was like, do I, I can't like let my friends down. I'm not going to like play sick. What do I do? And one of my professors, uh, T-voted it for me, left his front door unlocked so that I could come to his house at like midnight after set wrapped and walk into his living room and watch it in his living room by myself. Um, and I did, and I was very happy with how it ended because to me, I was along the whole journey from the beginning for the characters. And yep. I don't think it, I necessarily got satisfying endings for like the 
mythology of it because in the end it was like it's fantasy it's magic which is like yeah i don't think there would have ever been a satisfying sci-fi conclusion to it no that was like here's the answer to the math of like how lost magic works um so it's you know it wasn't what i would have made up but it worked fine but i did feel like i got satisfying conclusions for every character so i was happy i felt the same way i i i liked the finale but i don't meet many people who also me neither usually this is the part of the show where people fight me over the finale of lost (laughs) on moral podcast lost uh, lost always comes up often enough uh, yeah yeah yeah. um yeah i thought i thought it i i really liked the ending i love the ending of sopranos too I know, I know what about the ending of Cassie that. Cage? Uh, I think that bums me out a little bit. <laughs> that feels like the ending of yeah. Cassie Cage just feels like uh, uh, they're they're just like, well, we just want to go in a new direction when we, you know, do, reboot the next game, and <laughs> it does. <laughs> we're sort of like we don't know. We're out of story. It does. We're out of story way. right now. <laughs> <laughs> we and you know don't not regret putting her in this so she's dead i don't know she could come back i don't think it's that they regret putting uh, like i don't think that they that it's that they regret putting cassie cage in the game like i don't think killing off cassie in that way is because you know she wasn't a good character for them although i don't know did people not like cassie cage like what's the uh what 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 do like what does the Mortal Kombat fan community think of Cassie Cage? Yeah, were they bummed that you know she went out like that, or um, or were people like, oh, good, finally we're gonna get a game without Cassie Cage after these last two? I think I think mostly people like Cassie. Now I think at the beginning they kind of derisively said it was like the combat kids, like they didn't like these new young characters that were added. Right. So I feel like if they don't keep cassie around i feel like people will be some people will be upset but i don't know if they're as attached to her since she's only been in two games right and mortal kombat mobile of course um right (laughs) but uh so i wonder what what will be next like will the new timeline will it be is it like mortal kombat origins are we going back to like mortal kombat one is Shang is it Shang Tsung running a tournament? You know, they um, kind of imply ha- that it might be about the great Kung Lao, who was the person that saved Earthrealm five hundred years before Mortal Kombat one. Okay, um, who's like a famous figure in like Mortal Kombat lore, but who's never actually been in any of the games. He's always like ancient history. He like right. beat Shang Tsung in a Mortal Kombat tournament to protect us from getting taken over by Outworld and then was eventually killed by Goro, who was Outworld's champion when Liu Kang like fought him later on. So yeah. it implied that Liu Kang as the Titan of Time might be the person who now trains the great Kung Lao in a new timeline to save Earthrealm. But I don't know. They might not use that. They might do something else. Um before we wrap all this up, I have to say, speaking of Liu Kang, yeah, I worked with I worked with the actor that was Liu Kang in a game. Remember, I texted you this. Right? Point. Yes. Is he in <laughs> Weird? He's he's in in uh, yeah he's in he's in the Weird Al uh, movie as he's a stuntman. Um, Still, uh, so this he doesn't is have huge, any dialogue. This but, is huge news when, for listeners. Um, but when casting, st- <laughs> when casting stunt performers. Um, 
we got to this actor and I was like, oh, this guy looks, this guy like looks pretty familiar. Um, and I, I looked him up on IMDb and I was like, oh my God, this is the actor who was Liu Kang in the first two video games. Like the actor that was photographed, um, you know, to, to, to be digitized and put into the game. So of course he looks familiar. I stare at his face on the select screen, you know, whenever my, my game is on. Insane. So literally the um, original Liu Kang is a stunt man in weird. In the Weird Al movie. Yeah. 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 See if you could spot him when, when you see the movie on uh, November 4th, but uh, yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. The original Liu Kang. Holy shit. Is, uh, is makes in the me movie. so happy. I mean, blink, blink and you miss him, but like he's there. <laughs> yeah. Now, now spell out the exact spoilers for the scene where he appears. <laughs> I cannot do that. Good, but, good uh, but yeah, but I will say, uh, having seen the movie, I, I'm allowed to say I saw it, right? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I'm saying that on the record. Yes. The Weird Al movie Thank is you. so fucking good. Um, <laughs> as a lifelong <laughs> Weird Al fan, uh, not even as a friend of Eric's, I'm just saying, like, it is. <laughs> so good it worked for me as a comedy sitting in a room of people that were staring at me because you showed it to me eric asking for like some feedback on stuff um yes, and yes, it's hard it's yes. sometimes hard to like just you know key into a movie when you're like being you know you're being watched watching a movie um yeah yeah but yeah, uh <laughs> it's no it totally like that it's so good that like it didn't i was just having a fun watching something in a, like at yeah, all. we didn't like, do like so big te- yeah. we didn't do like big test screenings or anything so i'm uh yeah i'm still i'm so happy that you came in and, and watched it it's it it's very so helpful. great and uh i'm excited for people to get to see it and i'm excited that it's i'm excited that it's going to be so accessible i mean we didn't get to the plug section yet we can just talk about the plug stuff yet but i'm i'm hyped because like anytime any of my friends work on something cool i want everyone to see it sometimes it's hard if i'm like well you have to subscribe to this platform and you have to get on this thing and like you have to pay. Will you do you mind paying 20 bucks for a movie ticket to go to the theater to see it? But it'll be on. Yeah. This is like literally anyone with an internet connection can watch can go to the Roku channel on their browser and, and watch it and you can pull it up on your phone and cast it to your TV. If you don't have a Roku advice, you can, you know, go to the website, pull it up for free, cast it to your Apple TV. If that's what you do. Um, yeah, it's very uh, it's 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 exciting that it's going to have that kind of reach. So cool! I love that. Um, uh, I'm psyched. Yeah, like how like when has a movie ever been made? It's like anyone that has the internet has this movie for free. Yeah, never. I guess what do you have to you have to have the internet and like <laughs> maybe an email address? Do you have to like register with Roku to watch you, it? Maybe, maybe you have to. Yeah, I would assume anyone has an email address anyway. But yeah, November fourth. Yeah, but it's like Weird. yeah, it's sort of like Roku. any of those. Yeah, if you if you go to like you know uh, uh, NBC dot com, you could watch the NBC shows with commercials. Yeah, I think probably. I don't know. Uh, I've never gone to NBC dot com willingly, but that's, that's kind of where I hang. Out. I mostly true. hang out in the forums. Yeah, yeah. I'm more I'm more of a CNBC dot com kind of guy. I'm all yeah. over that NBC Discord. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the subreddit talking about my favorite pundits. Um, well, before we return to saying all of that same stuff, uh, yes, Eric, there's there's one last segment on the show as we <laughs> crawl towards the two hour mark. Uh, there's one last yeah. segment on the show uh, that I like to call "Choose Your Destiny" because uh, that's what it's called. In which I ask you, Eric, 
if you existed in the world of Mortal Kombat, among all these various factions and and realms and and creatures, uh, what would Eric Appel be in the world of Mortal Kombat? What would your fatality be? Who'd you align yourself with? Like, give me give me a little taste of who is Eric Appel in the world of Mortal Kombat. Um. I am. Oh, you know what? Give me a minute to think about this one. All right, let's just pause for sixty. You can seconds. edit out. You can. Yeah, please edit out the pause. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want you to think about it too hard because I want it to come from the heart. Um. Well, I mean, I like myself. All right. So I like. Uh, so you know, Beautiful. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a director. Good um, message. You know. Yeah. I'm. A, uh. Let's see. I'm a family man. You know, yeah. I got a couple of kids. Yeah, so you can be like uh, the Lenny Reifenstahl of like Shao Kahn's regime, and <laughs> <laughs> so I would like have, uh, you know, I. <laughs> so er, I'm Earth Realm. I'm Earth Realm for sure. Okay. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm an Earth person. Home team. I'm a human. Yep. Mm-hmm. Home team. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, but I like like I think about my uh, okay, so my kids, right? My 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 kids, my family. I like I like to be able to conjure up little people that could all that could fight on my behalf. So like you know, like do you want it to be your real world family or more like your power in this world is that you can create a family at will? I can create like ghost ghost children, right? Uh, that could attack. Yeah, I mean, there's some horrifying ways that that could go for sure. Where it's like your your power is that your sperm age really quickly and don't need to fertilize an egg. So oh, it's great. like, yeah, that's when great. you when you shoot ropes, they instantly like in midair grow into uh, yeah, yeah. fully so grown, ejaculation. Like, yeah, that's basically yeah. ejaculation is like my main power. Yeah, um, you run into the middle of a fight and just start just whacking off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your catchphrase is anyone got some porno, you just start jerking it. Yeah, and then Yeah, and in the in in, in yes, right. So my ejaculate as it flies toward whoever I'm fighting. Yeah. Um the sperm rapidly ages into like the ideal version of myself in my early 20s, mm-hmm. the big strong ripped man that could kick a 911 yeah. plane out of the air and like that, you know, that gets a good hit in before you know, it gets one hit in yeah. to, to to who I'm fighting before it keeps aging and crumbles to dust. Okay, so it's like you can basically spawn <laughs> one hit uh, family members uh, born from your sperm who rapidly age. Yeah, but that's like yeah that that's my version. That's cool. Of, um, I like it. That's my version of a projectile in, yeah. in the fight. You know, do they can they talk? Um, do they say like dad as they? I think it's probably just they're, they, they themselves are terrified at their own existence, you know, to, <laughs> at, the, at how fast time moves. So it's mostly, uh, it's just like a... The fight, the a, punch is a, because they're afraid and they're lashing uh, out. It's, it's just, just like a flight. scream. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's, yeah, it's just like a chaotic, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh fist swinging yeah. and then, and then they, uh, and while screaming and crying and they, and then they you know, after they land the blow, they turn into skeletons and crumble into dust. Yeah. Um, and you're a tragic and, character too, because you can never really have a family in that case. Cause you can never really, you're maybe you're yeah, like always yeah. looking for the way to slow it down. And maybe that's the journey that takes you to outworld and has you looking at a sorcery and, um, yeah. Yeah. And then my, I, yeah, I don't know what my, my, my fatality would have to be something like along those, uh, along those same lines. I don't think you have to explain um, your fatality at all. It seems very, it writes itself. 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's a good. You know, this is like very. Close somehow it to... comes from inside. Somehow it's from inside the other character. Yeah. The character I'm fighting. Yeah. <laughs> my. Oh my, well, uh, that's know, a whole other. My, yeah. My children erupt out. Yeah, your fatality is you seduce the person you're fighting against, convince them to f- perform fellatio on you. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then you're. And then they burst from the inside. Explode from the inside. That's yeah. fucked up. Um. Yeah. It is. It is. I feel uh, like this is so close to Joe Bluth saying that he wants to have a million babies so that he'll always have people to love him and hang out with him that uh, <laughs> you should tell your therapist about this conversation maybe as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause I, well, you know, I was just thinking about like, who am I? What do I do? I hang out with my family. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm, I'm, You're I'm a father truly, first. I'm a real family man. Yeah. I'm a father first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my kids are like absolute maniacs. So, and they can, you can see them <laughs> doing combat. Yeah. Absolutely. This is like the heightened Mortal Kombat version of me having children. Understandable. Yeah. That is one of my all time uh, favorite answers to this question. So great. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I feel like we came up with it to get you get writing credit on this. Oh, you know, listen, well. I'm, I'm more of like a non writing EP. You know, I'm here to guide you in the right direction. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, you're doing the actual, you know, busy work um thank you well eric this has been such a treat um i'm glad we were able to squeeze this in before we're both in the trenches playing mortal Kombat with kevin hart on set <laughs> in a few weeks in atlanta yes. um, um yeah man i had a blast thank you so much for uh for having me on yeah and if people want more eric appel in their lives where can they find it on november 4th oh yeah yeah well if you want to look at me on social media and uh, uh i'm i'm uh E Rock Appel, uh, both on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, on November 4th, you can see Weird the Al Yankovic story, starring Daniel Radcliffe and Evan Rachel Wood and Rain Wilson mm-hmm. and Julianne Nicholson and Toby Maguire, the, or Toby Maguire, Toby Huss. Whoa. <laughs> no, no my, big spoiler. No, Toby Huss. Yet another <laughs> movie that Toby everyone Huss. rushes to because they hope yeah. they might see Toby <laughs> Maguire show up. <laughs> All right, here's a spoiler. All the Spider-Mans show up in the Weird Al movie. <laughs> uh, but you can see, uh, yeah, Weird the Al Yankovic story on uh, the Roku channel, um, streaming for free on November 4th. Um, and I also uh, directed the first episode of the upcoming season of The After Party, um, which will be on uh, Apple TV Plus at some point in the future. Hell Yeah. Yeah, and then I wish we could talk about the other stuff we're working on together, but it hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, so then we, yeah, 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 yeah. And we have some other really fun cool stuff. stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, Ben is also coming to help out on uh, Die Harder, the oh, sequel yeah. to that has been Die Hart. Yeah, that's been announced. Okay, so one um, of that, our things. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. One of our things is uh, uh, I, I I directed a thing for uh, for Quibi called Die Hart, starring Kevin Hart, John Travolta, Natalie Emanuel, Josh Hartnett. Jean Renault, yeah, the professional. Um, uh, and we have uh, there's some new cast members this time, but we're doing a sequel of it for uh, also for the Roku channel, and that should be out sometime early next year. Hell yeah, yeah! Look out for very some, exciting some jokes from from me, and oh, yeah. also, uh, we'll I'll let you know how good Kevin Hart is at Mortal Kombat. Listeners. I mean, we'll be playing nonstop. Mortal yeah, Kombat. probably. <laughs> Oh, great. Thanks again, Eric. It was truly a treat. Thank you, audience, for listening. And as always, finish him.